We are here on a very special episode of the Jersey Baseball Show this week, where we are talking with Anthony Salamito, uh, one of the top um, highest rising uh, high school senior pitcher in the country this year, moving up, shooting up the draft charts um, in the first round in most projected drafts uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, hopefully that takes place for Anthony. Uh, thank you for coming on with us. And uh, also we've got Chase Conklin. Um, Chase and Anthony were high school teammates for, unfortunately, not as long as we had hoped initially due to COVID last year, but they got a few good weeks in in the uh, last dance tournament. Chase is a, a fine infielder for us with the Trenton Generals this summer, all-time hits leader at Bishop Eustis, playing at the University of Richmond. Um, thank you both guys for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be on here with you and Chase. Chase, I know you uh, you got a busy day today yourself, so uh, off day for the Gens. We appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time, too. Oh, anytime. I mean, I, I get to talk shop with uh, Ant. is a good day. Uh, you know, me and him go way back, so it's it's fun to it's fun to talk about all this stuff, especially when he's having a, a very special day coming up. Absolutely. Now, you guys uh, were, were not teammates for most of your high school career. Uh, Chase, right? You uh, at Eustis for for four years. Anthony came over, I guess, last year. Would have been two years at Eustis. COVID kind of made that not happen as quickly as we'd hoped. But uh, just, uh, I guess, explain how that process worked and, you know, how things ended up for you at Bishop Eustis. Uh, I mean, for me, it was kind of Gloucester Catholics, so freshman, sophomore, and some of junior year. Great experiences there with Coach Tussie and the rest of my teammates and Bonds. I'll never forget a lot of great people and a lot of people I'm still friends with today. And I consider them family, most of them. But um, going into my junior year, you know, my parents were always kind of back and forth on whether or not we thought we were going to stay there for education because we knew college was coming up. We know UNC is a really good school and, you know, very prestigious when it comes to academic. I'm pretty sure it's like a 7% of acceptance rate. That's pretty low. So they want me to be ready and be prepared. And, um, you know, me and Chase met each other, you know, my sophomore year, and we've been talking. And I knew he was a stud baseball player, and I knew how Bishop Eustis was. And he really just sold me on how awesome, you know, the schooling is and how great it is and how much, you know, it seems different compared to other schools when it comes to educational standpoint. And um, I didn't really have to hear much from Chase or how good they are from the baseball standpoint. So, you know, once things we decided to make the move, you know, uh, we ended up in Bishop Eustis and me and Chase were really excited to play with our friends like Chuck and everybody and really, you know, make a run this year, make it run that year for uh, the state ship. And we would have done it. You know, you could have, should have, would have, I could say whatever I want, but I truly know that we would have done it. We would have got the job done. And, um, you know, unfortunately we still got the last dance. We, you know, we all bought out there. We took a tough loss against Jackson Memorial though. They had a great team. Um, I pitched the day before against Gloucester Catholic and uh, it was just, a, it was a fun ride. And then this year with Bishop Eustis, you know, Words came and described the season. I mean, if you think about what we did with the team we had this year, imagine if we had all the players we had this year, plus the experienced players from last year, it would have been ridiculous. But, you know, things didn't always, you know, pan out for us this year. And we had some tough luck in the end there. But, I mean, 21-1 and one is a great season, nothing to scoff at at all. So, you know, I met a lot of great people, a lot of great friends, coaches, you know, people I'll never forget. And another part, you know, I made people that, you know, I, my three years at GC became family. I made family here in two years. I guess you used to. Yeah, Chase, what's it like? Uh, I mean, what's it like playing South Jersey high school baseball, first of all, and playing at that level and you're playing guys, you know, that are on the, the national stage. You've got a, a, a teammate slash a opponent slash friend for a few, you know, obviously that is, you know, going to potentially hear his name called on the first uh, round of the draft. But do people really understand 
what South Jersey baseball is really like if they're not from it? No. Um, I mean, we both could talk about this for hours, but um, it, it's, uh, it's a different breed. You know, it's a, a scrappy, you know, hungry bunch of guys um, that you're facing, you're facing 90 every day as a hitter. You're, you're, you're facing the top guy, especially coming out of Eustace. Um, you're, you're facing their number one every day. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter who you're playing. They're going to set it up as you're facing a college guy every day. And, you know, if you don't capitalize on, you know, their pitching and it, it gets to the point where you're down in the hole, but, uh, you know, South Jersey baseball is a different breed. You got, the, probably the best coaches in the country, um, you know, from trope, uh, you got beans over at GC, um, you know, Derek Reagan and over at Clearview, you got, you got a list goes on, um, Smitty, you got everyone, but, um, everyone knows you, you know, them, you know, you know, I guess us in St. Augustine, us in Paul, the sixth, you know, every time was, you know, you're, you're bleeding, you're, if you don't come off the field bleeding and, you know, either you're hit, getting hit by a pitch or benches are clearing, it, it was a definitely an interesting four years um, playing against the top guys. And, you know, it, it was fun. Uh, you know, I'd never really in a million years think I'd be playing college baseball and, you know, doing everything coming out of Eustace. But, uh, you know, they, they prepared me. They prepared Ant, I think, the most – just from playing against big, uh, big name guys, him pitching against big name guys. Um, it's definitely something that gets overlooked if you're not from Jersey. Yeah, for sure. So Anthony, you and last year, you know, last school year on everybody's radar, certainly, you know, a, 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 an early round draft pick. Um, but, but talk about the things that happened to you from the end of last summer to you know, the beginning of this year, some of the really amazing experiences. I know your dad talked about you kind of blowing it up at Fenway Park was uh, obviously an all time thrill for him. Um, you know, some of the things that have happened, you know, between then and now that that kind of have led you to this position. So coming out of the last dance, we had three major events lined up and that was about it. We had um, area code East Coast Pro. Um, let me rephrase that. It was East Coast Pro, then Area Code, and then Fenway. And then we we're kind of going to be done until the next year. And, you know, we went to East Coast Pro, and we I think we showed out pretty well there. I, you know, I pitched two innings. I think to combine my innings total were like four minutes long, like both of them can combine. Um, I was moving at a quick pace. Stuff felt really good, and I think it turned a couple heads there. And, I um, mean, you know, I talked over with my advisors afterwards, my parents afterwards, and they were just saying, like, that was a really strong showing. Went to area code, you know, also did the same thing. You know, first inning was a little rough here. Gave up a run on, on a couple of hits, but next inning went out and struck out the side. And that was just always a big thing for me. You know, high school baseball, that's always been the main priority, been the main focus. And it was never flying around to go pitch three innings at a random event here and there. It was, it was always about, you know, being a starting pitcher, being someone that can go deep in the games, that can battle through tough situations, can get over the hump, can, you know, not just, bow, you know, back down in the face of, you know, adversity almost. And, you know, being a high school pitcher really taught me that. So, you know, a lot of those guys there, those kind of like, like the coaches, everybody was kind of like, oh, you got like one run. Like, oh, man, like, it's okay. I'm here for you. But when we were really, in reality, I was kind of like, oh, guys, it was one run in like one inning. Like, it's fine. Like, I just had to settle in, which I did. And I went out there and dominated the next inning. And then, 
you know, going into this year, you know, I worked my butt off every single day. Me and my friends, you know, the, my, the pitching staff, our catcher, Sebastian, we were in there every day at Christian Lee's, you know, just getting the workout and getting the workouts in. And I was in there with Coach Kulik working on my form, everything I can, because I knew that this high school season was going to be crucial. And I was going to do everything I can to try and show everybody, you know, you know, put everybody on blast almost and show everybody who I really am. And that was my, my goal out there was to be a top 10 pick. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get that one last start. Uh, against Red Bank Catholic, and I really hope that's going to be my final push. But, you know, I did everything I could to try and show everybody that I'm the best pitcher around. And and you look at the numbers, and it's like somebody's playing like MLB 2K on, on beginner mode. You know, it's 32 innings, uh, five hits allowed the entire year. And, you know, maybe we got to go find those five guys and sign them. Uh, <laughs> you know, one, one run, a .21 ERA. And a, and a 64 to five strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, that's not things that normally happen. Um, you know, what, what sticks out about this year the most? Um, you know, obviously a great, great team. Um, but, you know, was it, was it, you know, opening day, no hitter, a couple no hitters early in the season. You know, what, what are you going to remember most from this year? Um, I think the thing I remember most from the season is just like, the growth, like the coming of age story of our team almost. And I mean, in a sense where like just the whole season as a whole, it's everything that's going to stick out to me because it's like this group of guys we had, you know, we looked around for a little bit and we weren't sure really what we were going to have. We knew the pitching was going to be there. We, we were just kind of, we all were kind of like murky in the waters. We didn't really know what was going to happen. We had a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent. We we're trying to figure out who's going to play where. And then, you know, these young guys really stepped up. Like we had the young guys like Raph, Auerbeck, Oveka, we had so many young guys that are out here playing great. Trey Martin, all these other guys, you know, Matt Augustin, Kirkner. Like, we knew we had the talent. It was just whether or not it was going to come together. And, you know, the first couple of games, the first game of the season was against Cherry Hill East. We won 3 nothing. Joe Massey had to a com complete game shutout, one hitter, absolute gem. And we were all kind of like, oh, God, like, are the bats going to be a problem? Like, is this going to be like a – I go, let's see how this goes. And these young guys just put in so much work all year round. You know, Ian and Dave were at the head of the front with Seabass and – you know, they were leading the charge and we all just came together so much as a, you know, a team that wasn't really clicking very well because we didn't know who was going to be where to a team that really gelled together and became a huge family and would do anything for one another, had each other's backs. And, you know, the way this whole season went, so I'll never forget because it really became, you know, instead of just like teammates and strangers, it became like a true family. So, you know, people who, who've seen you pitch, obviously the, the natural description is Madison Bumgarner, the, the kind of arm slot, the, you know, the, the, uh, the motion, um, you, mid nineties fastball. You got the back foot slider, the the change up. Um, you know, so three plus pitches. Um, what's you know? I guess first of all, your your motion a little bit distinct. You know, is that something you've always kind of thrown like that? Did people try to caution you against that at first? And you're like, no, nah, this is this is how I throw, and I just go out and and dominate. But then also. Talk about working with Coach Kulik as much as you have, you know, somebody who was, you know, a pro um, and on the brink of the majors, you know, what he's been able to teach you, you know, as a pitcher, but more than just as a pitcher, as a, as a baseball player. So, um, you know, to start off with my mechanics, kind of, uh, you know, the way my arm comes is behind my back and everything, that wonky type of arm style, minus the rest of the form, just the arm side itself, like, I did that since I was little. I was always super flexible. And the first pitching coach I worked with, he was like, oh, don't worry about that. Like, that'll go away. Like, it'll get stronger and you won't go far behind you anymore. And he was like, let's just keep focused on your arm being here. Like, don't go out here. Just keep it here. Try and stop doing that so much. He actually had me doing drills to try and stop that. 
And, uh, you know, eventually we kind of moved on from there. And, uh, uh, you know, things just kind of got wonky. You know, I turned 11 years old. My dad decided he wanted to take me to a left-handed pitching coach. And we looked up for the wrong pitching coach, having to be Ryan Kulik. He worked at the same place my other pitching coach did. Not my first pitching coach, but one I was working with at the time, Joe Dalsandro. Um, and we kind of switched over to Kulik at the same place. And he was kind of like, hey, buddy, like, I don't know who taught you this, you know, a long time ago. But, you know, your arm's right here. Like, leave it leave it here. It's comfortable here. It keeps naturally going here. And your arm's staying behind you. Like, don't change that. Just, you know, try and make it work. So it was like a rough period for like a year um, of trying to get that all to work together, be fluent. And then we just worked on making it fluent, everything in the rest of the body. So before it was very like, you know, generic front part, you know, glove here, here, and then the arm was out here. So then eventually it became into this huge, you know, windmill type action across my body and equal opposite, everything like that. And we just, you know, manicured it. We took care of it and we tried to make it as clean and polished as possible. And that's what been the goal has been over the years because, I know with mechanics like this, people are going to question, how is it repeatable? You know, is he going to be able to make consistently get to the spot he needs to get to that release point? And the main thing for me and Coach Cook was to, you know, eliminate any doubt in anybody's minds of whether or not I can repeat that delivery, whether or not I can be efficient. You know, people say whether they want about injuries and everything about that, but everybody gets injured. You know, I've been blessed enough to not suffer any serious injuries, and, you know, hopefully God keeps protecting me that way. But, you know, I'm just doing the best I can to make sure that everyone knows that there's not a single doubt in their mind that I can repeat this delivery, and that's efficient and effective. Um, and then when it comes to working with Coach Kulik, you know, like I said before, you know, he, from a mechanical standpoint, has done the world for me. I mean, we've been together for seven years. It's basically like a really long relationship. I tell everyone he's like my second dad now. And uh, we just get after it two times a week for seven years. I mean, that's pretty crazy. And, um, you know, when it comes from baseball knowledge, getting one of my baseball IQ, he benefited me a lot with that way. You know, as I got older and the stream of becoming a professional became more real, you know, I was able to pick his brain more and learn more about the lifestyle. But, you know, a big thing, you know, for me is that, you know, Coach Kulik himself was like, he's a killer. Like I said in the interview on TV, like he is, he is a different breed. And I told him the other day, you know, not that it matters that it's coming from me. I didn't mean to pour salt in the wound or anything, but you know, he's the type of guy that like you expect to be in the majors. Like if injuries didn't like hold him down, then there's no shot that he's not my pitching coach and he's in the MLB playing somewhere. Cause he just has the makeup and the mental strength that, you know, someone you would expect to be in the majors has. And, you know, that's rubbed off on me. You know, I talked about Sarge Gowan giving me that mental toughness like he gave Zach when I was younger. But, you know, being with Coach Cook for so long, definitely the mental toughness, you know, rubbed off on me. You know, the ability to, you know, not get nervous, you know, not clench up, you know, not get real tangly and everything like that. The ability to stay cool, calm, and collected. You know, him and my mother, those are the two people I get it from, staying cool, calm, and collected. And, you know, it's been pretty wild. My friend Seabass, my catcher at Eustis, he caught Cook in a men's league game the other day. He called me up. He was like, hey, you know, I got something to tell you. I was like, what's that? He was like, Cool, just had 10 Ks, one hit, and uh, he's better than you. And I was like, don't tell me what I don't know, you know. That's why I work with the guy. And uh, it's just been a crazy journey for all of us. Yeah, no. Chase, you've had the uh, the, the pleasure of, of standing in uh, uh, against Anthony, I guess, in pens and, uh, and, and, you know, maybe never live in a game. But what's it like, for, you know, you're talking – I mean, I'm, we're talking here to one of the, the great – you know, hitters in South Jersey over the last few years, you know, D1, um, you know, soon to be star at Richmond. Um, what's it like trying to, well, you know, you think trying to hit off of, of this guy from the left side? I mean, it's scary. Um, you know, <laughs> there's nothing to put it in. It's scary. Uh, you stand in and, you know, you can't see the ball half the time, especially if he gives you a, one of his sliders or something from down there. And it's, you know, you can't see it behind his leg and his body, but, he, you know, you know it's going to 
almost hit you and it's going to drop in for a strike. Um, I mean, your natural instinct as a hitter is, you know, you see a pitch inside, you back away a little bit. Um, but you, you can't with against him because you, you don't know where it's going to drop in. Um, his second, I would say second scariest pitch would probably be the two seam. Um, coming from 95 from the left side. Again, you can't see it because that's how his, his windup is, his delivery is. Um, but you know you have to get your hands out in front, but you, you just can't. You can't. It's uh, it's impossible to get there. But uh, I would say he would probably be the hardest pitcher to face that, I, that I've ever faced. Um, you know, it, either if it's messing around and all, but we, we went live the first day. I, you know, I've not met him, but first day that I've seen what like pitched and hit against him. Um, he went up and in with a two seamer. And I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, I, I thought we were like closer than that. I thought we were boys. <laughs> and, he was, uh, and that's what, that's what shows, it shows you about him. He don't care. Once he's on that mound, it's, you know, he's, he don't care if your brother's best friend, you know, cousins like him. And I know him and his cousin go at it all the time when they, they go live and he's a lefty too. And, you know, he don't care. He, he, as soon as he steps on the mound, it's, it's game on. Um, he's a competitor and that's what you want on your team and yeah. what you want to face against. So, so, so three weeks from now draft, right? What do yeah. you have? What do you have coming up between now and then um, to get you ready? You know, obviously the workouts and stuff like that, but anything big coming up between now and then for, uh, for draft day to keep you, you know, keep you going. Uh, well, I know the combine's coming up. I'm not really sure what the status of me going to that is right now. But, you know, for me, it's just kind of working on keeping myself polished, you know, just keeping the beat, you know, the, being the best Anthony Summit I can be so that this way, you know, after the draft, whether it be in college, I'm getting ready to start, you know, revving everything up and go to school or whether it be getting ready to pitch right away in, you know, in the minors or, in, you know, an in instructional league, something like that. I'm just trying to make sure that uh, I'm the best I can be. So just, you know, constant, you know, manicure and everything, just bullpen twice a week. And then eventually, you know, the week before the draft, you know, maybe a couple of private bullpens in front of teams and all that. But we don't know really what's going to happen. So right now I'm just working out every day at the gym, normal schedule, and we're just playing everything, you know, by ear. Um, so obviously draft day is going to bring with it a decision, right? You've got, you know, latest mock drafts have yet in the first round. Right. Uh, you know, maybe not the top 10 that you were, were trying for, but, you know, still somewhere in the in the you know high teens, low 20s, which is crazy. Right. To, you know, to, to think of the fact that that South Jersey is going to have two high school first round pitchers drafted is is pretty awesome. Um, on the other hand, great school, UNC, full ride. Not to try to make you say what way you're leaning towards, but I guess to ask it this way, what are the things that would go through your mind, I guess, kind of as the process is to, to end up figuring out what you want to do? I think for me, it would just it's mostly, you know, it comes down to financial. Like, am I financially going to be okay accepting this money? Because, you know, the last thing I'm going to do is, you know, God forbid, you know, take, you know, not enough money in a sense and then go to the minors and then get hurt and then, you know, I missed out on school and I don't have a lot of money to support me and I'm kind of stuck in life. So I think every, when the decision comes, it's to be very super educated, you know, thought, 
going into this, whether or not, you know, we think it's financially the best for me to be succeed. If, you know, God forbid I did get injured and, you know, I just want to have a backup plan to lay underneath me and try and figure out where to go from there in life for college and try and make a path to myself. Um, but also it just comes down to, you know, being a kid at the same time. It's like, you got to talk it over my family, you know, after I get drafted, you know, God bless, you know, if we look at the financial money and we think the money's there, you know, if we all collectively as a group believe that this is the best decision for me going on. And, you know, my mom, you know, I know she's a big pusher for college, you know, my dad is too. And, you know, it's kind of just like a, it's a game day decision type of thing, you know, the yeah. financial there, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah. There's, there's literally no way to know until it happens, but does it, does it help knowing that you've got a great decision over here and you've got a great decision over here? You know, it's like, uh, it should, it should be two great options, you know? Yeah. It's uh, very comforting to know that, you know, I can't make the wrong decision almost in this type of situation. So, you know, there's all, there's a lot of opportunities that will come with, you know, that day and, you know, which way, which path I go down, you know, I'm not sure right now, but I know the one goal for me is that, uh, you know, if I decide to go with the draft route and I get drafted in, you know, the later half of the first round and second round, you know, my goal is to make everybody 10 years from now scratch and say, well, how did he get drafted that far left? How was, how was he not right. the one over, you know? And if I go to college, um, you know, and I dominate college, I want everybody to look at that and be like, well, how did that, how did that kid not go to get drafted? And he's doing this kind of college. So, you know, the goal is just to prove everybody wrong, to leave everybody scratching their head, wondering how, you know, somebody slipped through the cracks like me. And cause you know, in the end of the day, God bless, you know, as long as God's with me and I keep doing my part, stay humble, stay healthy, healthy and everything I can to be the best at least I can be. You know, in my opinion, you know, as long as I don't get injured, I'm, you know, I'm going to be the best pitcher to ever do it, be the best player to ever do it. And that's just been the goal. Who are you a fan of, Major League, team-wise? Uh, team-wise, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, okay. Yeah, I liked them ever since I was little, you know. Uh, my dad, when I first started. That, ex that explains why, why your dad was so, uh, you know, crazy excited over the Fenway experience then. Yeah, he's a Phillies fan. Everybody else in my family is a Phillies fan. They're like my tied for first. Like they're they're my hometown team. I love the Phillies. Everything about them. I'm only a Red Sox fan though because I watched this 2004 Faith Rewarded uh, World Series table when they won in 04. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. Pretty crazy stuff. Fell in love with Pedro. He's my favorite pitcher of all time. Kurt Schilling's tied up there too for favorite pitcher of all time with the bloody sock and everything. And absolutely in love with the Red Sox. And they're having a pretty good season this year instead of the Phillies. But the Phillies could be a little better right now. But stuff on the watch. Chase doesn't have any divided loyalties, right? You're you're pure Phillies. Uh, I'm pure Philly. I'm Philly all day. Yeah. Um, what's it like to to see somebody that you are, you know, this close to being this close to having such a, an amazing decision? I mean, it's 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 got to be pretty awesome. Oh, I mean, I remember talking to him when like we first met, um, you know, and it was always, oh, you're going to UNC. You know, it's uh, your stud, you're going to UNC, and now it's, you know, you're either a first-round pick or you're going to UNC. Um, you know, we know from the standpoint that, like, it was that legit until, like, a couple years, like, two years ago where it hit us and it was like, hey, uh, he, he has a shot to make something great of himself. Um, you know, I was always pushing for him to go in, go to UNC just because you know you don't see too many high school pitchers get drafted that high right um, and he, I'm I'm beyond words proud of him of everything he's accomplished I mean he's he's come from you know that little kid that won uh, state as a freshman um, for GC and you know you're watching at Eustis you're like this kid 
he's legit. Um, and then he goes out, he ends up being in the first round of a mock draft. It's, uh, it's very, it's very, yeah, I'm taken back by a lot of it just because I know how hard he works. I know how much he wants it. Um, and it, it shows little kids, especially like his family members, you know, his, his guys that look up to him, um, kind of that if you work at something, it doesn't have to be baseball. It doesn't even have to be sports. You put your, you put your heart and soul into something and you, you put in the effort, you put in the time, hours, um, you know, you, you can make a name for yourself in anything you do. Yeah. Now kind of pretty cool to hear that. I would imagine Anthony from, from somebody that, uh, let's say you look up to, he's a little older than you. Yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't think it was gonna be an emotional call like this chase. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I really appreciate, you know, going from somebody, you know, to see Chase's leadership every day on the field last year with the last dance and, you know, always being almost like a buddy. It's kind of crazy to realize, you know, you know, people that I did look up to, people I still do look up to, and I think are a great role in the game of baseball and do a lot of good things for the game of baseball. To say such nice things about myself, it's, you know, it means a lot. So appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we have a we had a lot of ups and downs through last dance with you and me. Like, but there was a there was a time, I guess it was Cherokee or was it the other one against Audubon? Um but there was a time I went up to Matt and I was like, you good? And he was like, he was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's, let's drop your sack and uh, come on, let's, let's pitch your balls off. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he came out, you know, he struck out the last, the last six, had to get taken out because of pitch count. But, you know, he, uh, he got in a little trouble. You know, I, I you need somebody that can get into his head a little bit because he, he, he spaces out sometimes. Uh, he knows it, um, but you know he's he's one of the hard-headed guys that you know he's going well. He's gonna he's gonna keep motoring it. He's a psychopath in the dugout. I'll give him that. Um, you know, before a game, if you touch him or touch his water bottle, prepared to get a left hook. Um, it's just he's one of those guys. He, he, that's how he is, and you know that's why he's so good. I could, I could still kill Chuck. This one game, he drank my gallon of water. I told him not to do it. He drank my gallon, messed up the whole day. Oh, yeah. Cherokee. <laughs> well, well, Anthony, um, you, I guess the Red Sox would be your choice then if you if you could go anywhere. But, you know. From, anybody, anybody that wants me. From, I'll get from, from being a little – you know, being a little kid, obviously a baseball fan, and and this being your goal all the way through, um, you know, when you see younger guys watching, um, do you feel like, uh, you know, that they that they're looking at you kind of like the way you looked at older guys back then? I mean, you realize the the, the position that you're in now when it comes to that. Well, some of the things like. It's like weird, like certain situations don't hit you until they like hit you. You know what I mean? And like like before the season started, I had a couple of freshmen come up to me and be like, hey man, like I'm really excited to watch you pitch this year. Like it's gonna be an honor. And I was like, like thanks. Like I really appreciate it. But like at the same time, I was like, like really? Like it's me? Like it's gonna be like an honor. I was like, thanks, man. Like I'm gonna just do the best I can. And um, you know, there was a time where I wasn't even pitching. We played Cherokee this year. And I had a bunch of kids waiting for autographs afterwards. And before the season, I had signed a bunch of baseballs for these kids uh, for my one of my coaches, Coach Cruz's Little League team. And it's crazy that, you know, me growing up sitting at the side of a baseball stand and pulling out a baseball or, you know, waiting for an autograph from somebody that, you know, kids that 
I mean, like, I can't say aren't that much younger, but I mean, like, six years younger than me, you know, 15, not 15 years younger than me, but like 12 years younger than me. All these little kids like come up to me and ask me to sign stuff for them. People DMing me on Instagram to sign stuff for them, like getting random things in the mail to sign. Like, it's insane. Like, it's insane to the point where I look at myself in the mirror and I ask God, like, why me? Like, what did I do to deserve all of this? And then it's, it shocks you. Know, like, people want like my signature, like something that I write on a paper on a test that teachers probably groan at because like, oh, this kid's test again. But like people want that signature and it's, and it's insane to me. It's just, it's so shocking. And you know, I, I can't thank God enough for all the wonderful blessings. And it's just more motivation to me to, you know, make that signature really worth something one day. And I want that signature to be worth, you know, more than anything else on the planet. So I'm just going to work my butt off, but it's just really crazy. And you just got to take a step back and really look around and enjoy everything you have and that you've been blessed with because there was a chance I couldn't. So there's a chance I still couldn't even been on this planet and God's blessed me with this amazing experience. So it's been amazing. You talk about amazing and, and surreal and, and crazy. I mean, having 40, 50 scouts per game coming to watch you throw, you know, what is that, you know, what is that even like, first of all, and, and how do you, how do you block that out and keep that tunnel on, on doing what you're supposed to do? From like an outsider off the field perspective, I think for me, you know, it's crazy to see all these scouts come watch me pitch because I remember being little at the Cannon River Sharks game. I mean, if you're from South Jersey, everybody remembers being at that River Sharks game with Mondal versus um, Groom. Everybody and their mother was there. There's yeah. not a team that plays baseball in South Jersey that wasn't at that game. And I remember being there sitting behind the scouts like, oh, my God. You know, group just hit 97, like, freaking out, going crazy. All those caps are there. Like, it's mind-blowing. And then, you know, like, to think about the fact that, you know, you know that many scouts are also there to see me pitch, like, that's wild. It's insane. It's crazy. It's surreal. It's, it doesn't seem real at all. It seems like, you know, some I played in a video game one day, and that will be the show when I was getting drafted in the show and stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't seem real that's actually happening to me in real life. And then, uh, you know, on the field and stuff, you know, blocking them out, that's not a challenge for me. You know, I'm competitive. The second I lace up the cleats, the second I wake up in the morning and I know that I'm starting, you know, all bets are off. I'm off my phone. I'm just straightly focused and visualizing success, which is absolutely destroying the other team. And I'm just get quiet and get into myself. And nobody's going to stop me from achieving my goal, which is to get my team to W no matter what happens, no matter what I got to go through. So, you know, they just kind of get to, you know, witness, you know, the ferocity that comes out to me when it comes to game day. And, you know, how focused and laser, you know, laser focused and locked in I am when when the game day comes. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thank you so much for, for, for today. Uh, Anthony Salmedo. Um, again, hopefully less than three weeks, we hear the great news on July 11th, um, you know, realizing your dreams. Chase, we, we can try to recruit him one more time, maybe to, to throw a couple right. innings in the, in the <laughs> next few weeks. We, we, I, I can make a roster spot happen. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Uh, but but seriously, um, thank you, Chase, for sharing your uh, your your memories of uh, playing with Anthony. Um, I know that added a lot and means a lot. And uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And Anthony, you're going to have to. Uh, Chase has got the Instagram takeover on the General's account, so you're going to have to uh, check that out and see what he does. And hope it's not too bad. All right, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you guys will be talk, having the same conversation about Chase getting drafted in a couple of years, too, so don't worry. That's, that's all right, because now I got your email. You'll be back on the call for that. Exactly. I'll be right back on the call. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a great yeah. day. You yeah. too.